What is it like to become the first official couple in your class? How soon do you start thinking about couples matching for residency when dating? What is the most important aspect when couples matching? And finally, how does it feel to have your parents meet for the very first time on match day? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Madison and Noah, a successful couples match and recent graduates here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got two great guests today, Madison and Noah. Hello. Hey. Fourth year medical students, soon to be full-fledged MDs. So let's start, uh, let's start in the beginning. Um, there's a reason why I'm having you both on today. You met in medical school, and we were just talking about that. So yeah. wh- where did you guys meet for the first time? So we didn't really know each other at all. I think the place where we really first started to get to know each other and really start to bond is we were just kind of coincidentally put in the same anatomy lab group, um, and that was kind of where everything started. Um, yeah, the first time we ever spoke was at this like bar downtown during orientation week, but um, it was just like a really... I asked you about having celiac disease because you were drinking a cider instead of a beer and it was like a two second conversation. And then the next day we found our anatomy groups and we were both in group eight along with two other of our classmates. Um, and we had both, we were both like grew up out West. I'm from Salt Lake city originally and it was from Boise, Idaho. Um, we bonded about going away for undergrad mm-hmm. and then coming back here from so the West for medical school. So, and so when you say anatomy lab, what what does that mean? I mean, like just like so for people that aren't familiar yeah. with, that, with that. Yeah. So for most people, when they enter medical school, I think most medical schools do it sometime within your first year, usually within your first semester at the U. Uh, for the first semester that you're here, they kind of do this intensive anatomy education to give you a baseline in anatomy. So you're paired off into groups of like you know, four or five-ish, and everyone's assigned a cadaver body Mm. that they dissect together, and they kind of work from the outside in and, you know, kind of go by organ system. And it's just a really great way to kind of have hands-on learning and learn together as a group and get to know your classmates. Yeah. um, Our cadaver, we had one of the few female cadavers. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's mostly male bodies. Um, Ours was female, and we named her Beatrice. Mm. I don't. We don't know. I think Jez D maybe named her Beatrice. I one of know. your fellow, yeah, one of our fellow yeah. classmates mm-hmm. who was in our group. But we called her Miss B, and she was an awesome lady. She, I think, when you know, ever we still talk about her all the time, and kind of what a gift that she gave us for by donating her body. Um, and she had bright pink nail polish on, mm. which is something I'll never forget. Um, and she was just, it was really cool to get to know her. Uh, and now, did either of you have anatomy before, or was this kind of, you know, leading up to it? Because I know when I go out and talk to pre-medical students, there's kind of, there's this perception, like, oh, you know, anatomy is uh, really different, it's really hard, you know, like, what was your experience? I had not had a lot of anatomy. The only thing I had ever dissected was a cat and a shark <laughs> in mm. undergrad, which is pretty different. I don't know about Maddie. Yeah, so, no, and I both went to schools that actually didn't offer anatomy. Um, you know, they had other pre-med requirements, but um, it wasn't something that you got, which I know is very different from like BYU and the U where you do have these like amazing, amazing anatomy courses. Um, So I was nervous I was going to be behind because like people had like TA'd 
these classes and stuff for years. Um, but it ended up being fine. Um, I mean, we weren't quite as good at the dissecting. <laughs> I remember, like, a lot of learning. Yes. Yeah, the Dr. Morton, like, he like goes around and he pins like different structures on different bodies. And the very first quiz, our body was wrapped up in plastic because there was nothing identifiable. <laughs> You did not have the most precise dissection. No. no, we did not. We found out way after the fact because we were still friendly with a couple of the TAs who helped us out that secretly they would make fun of our body <laughs> and their horrible dissection job after the fact. Dis- it would all powwow. Disclaimer, <laughs> we're not going into surgery. Okay, you're good to know. <laughs> I think that was the, would be the first question the listeners will think of. All right, yeah. so you meet in the, uh, in the Gross Anatomy Lab, your table mates, you're having this really cool experience together. Did you start, were you like together right away or did it take a while or were you the first couple in your class or how would you define that? So just to put it on the record, we were the first couple in the class. Yes. All right. Very proud of that. Okay. It was a little scandalous, actually. Ooh. We got a lot of warnings from upperclassmen, you know, don't date your med school classmates. There was actually a pact in our class of people who were like, we're not going to date or, you know, have anything with anyone in your class because it was supposed to be like a really bad idea. Everyone said, don't date your classmates because then when you inevitably break up, it's going to be really awkward because it's not a very big class. And I think the first thing that we kind of bonded over is we had a really similar sense of humor. I think we noticed right away that we were laughing a lot in an ambulance. The other groups hated us, I think. We were very loud, Mm -hmm. and we just, like... It sounds like like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's a very serious task. I mean, you know, you're dissecting this body of someone who has passed away, and, you know, it's a gift in that sense. But we also kept it very light, and, you know, uh, you... You deal with a lot of bodily fluids and a lot of bodily functions in an anatomy lab, and we accidentally perfed our colon, mm. which is not a great thing that <laughs> happened. Um, so yeah, it was. We had a lot of fun, um, and you know, would come in the weekends too to like study extra. And mm-hmm. So we'd hang out then, and then we just started like studying a lot together. So you talked no, you talked about how classmates, upper classmates, warned you that there could be significant drawbacks for dating a classmate. But it sounds like there are significant uh, strengths as well. Like, what are some of those? I mean, it sounds like you studied together. Yeah, I have to be honest. I can't think of a single negative part of our relationship that came from the fact that we were classmates. I I struggled to really think of a single one. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to come home to someone or to hang out with someone, if you're not living together, who who gets it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you can have really supportive significant others, husbands and wives, who you can tell them what med school is like, and they can do their best, and they can say, you know, I'm here for you 100%. But at the end of the day, it's really nice to have someone who's going through the same crazy experience, and so they just get it. Like, they know that you need to study. They know that your hours are going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a question about a topic that's really confusing to you, maybe it's something they're really good at, I think... That was kind of one of the other reasons why Maddie and I started studying a lot together is I'm terrible at the things that she's really good at, and I think vice versa is true mm. in a lot of cases. So, so you complement each other well. Yeah. We always joke that we would have gotten like a 280 on boards if we could take it together, <laughs> which is not our real score at all, but that's, that's a very novel done. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for those who are, haven't taken boards yet, 280, I don't even, I don't even know if you can get that score. Mm-hmm. Probably you can. You Someone probably can. Probably Someone can. out there. Um, but yeah. In terms of, like, how the logistics... So Noah was in a really long relationship in undergrad um, that ended right before medical school. So even though we were hanging out all the time, um, I didn't know if he was, like, 
damaged and hung up on this girl. <laughs> and do they still use the term rebound? Rebound relationship? Yeah, and okay, all all right. my, I have a very awesome group of like, very protective girlfriends from mm-hmm. undergrad. Um, and they were like, they were very, very wary of this. Um, mm-hmm. one of my friends in particular, Kelly, um, I went and saw her like, um, for a couple of days during the fall and I was telling her about Noah and she was like, nope, you're going to be his rebound. Like, don't go there. It's going to be really terrible. Um, but I, I don't know. You can talk about this. I don't, don't yeah, want to steal your thunder. No, no, no. There's no thunder to steal. It's true. I mean, you, you were a rebound, but you were like a forever rebound. <laughs> oh, I love it. The forever rebound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, I think I definitely took my time as far as like actually establishing it as an official relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we both knew that we liked spending time together and that we were a really good pair. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't turning her into a rebound. I wanted to make sure that I was ready for. He went on a new. practice date with another girl. Tell him about yeah. that. You went on a. Was this it was another classmate? Or? No, 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 it wasn't <laughs> a classmate. classmate. Okay, it was like just like this rando. It was okay. an okay cupid. She was a really nice girl, and I felt really bad for her because I really was kind of using her to see if I was over my ex, which was not super fair. But so you still, if you still had skills, like could you still have yeah. a conversation? Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> if, if you like, can go on a date, all right. I see. For the entire date, I was thinking about my ex, and oh, that would be but, you know, I hope she found someone. She's a nice girl. Yeah. All right. So let's jump back a few years. Um, You know, I'm excited to have you here today because I remember distinctly talking to both of you on the phone, welcoming you to our (laughs) medical school. And I was beyond delighted that you both of you chose to come here. I know both of you got into other schools. Um, Looking back, you know, obviously it was the right decision. You met each other um, and you're headed towards very wonderful fields, which we'll get into. But, you know, thoughts about coming to Salt Lake City. You know, Maddie, uh, Madison, you used to live here. So coming back from the East Coast. Noah, you're from Idaho. Coming here. So what were your what were your thoughts and about your decision and from there? Um, yeah, it was a really hard decision um, for a couple reasons. I grew up here, like just literally blocks away from the U's campus. Um, and... I went all the way to Philadelphia for undergrad, and um, most of my friends just, like, stayed in that area, Um, so moved to New York or down to D.C. or stayed in Philly, Um, and I kind of saw myself wanting to, like, go back out there, Um, and I had the option to, but when I kind of looked at, you know, people define value as different things, right, Um, and when I actually kind of sat down and looked at, you know, the financials with my parents, you know, I was still in state at Utah, Um, and just kind of like the quality of education, I wasn't able to convince myself that paying for a private medical school when I had a really good in-state option was going to be the right choice. Um, I didn't want to feel financially pressured to pursue something really lucrative. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I went to second luck date here and I, you know, we heard from, you know, the kind of. Dr. Morton and some of the other main kind of educators here, and I felt confident that I was going to be able to succeed um, coming out of here. And I also, you know, saw where, you know, the fourth years are going, and they had really impressive institutions that they were going to, and I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like just because I was going back to Utah, I wouldn't be able to get back to the East Coast or the West Coast um, for residency. Mm -hmm. So. I don't have a lot to add. Mine was pretty similar. I went to undergrad in St. Louis, and so I was in a similar situation of, you know, going somewhere kind of out in the other areas of the country or whether to, you know, come back home. Uh, And I remember when I came here for my interview day, it was just a really positive experience overall, both at the school and then I also had some friends who were in the city, in the area, 
And, you know, graduating from college is kind of a hard thing, especially when you go away, because the chances you end up in the same place as the people you've bonded with is really low. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I was going to be in a place where I felt like I had a support system, both within the school and outside of the school. And I wanted to go somewhere where I would feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Salt Lake City just felt a lot like Boise to me. It kind of felt like home, but it was still away. Um, and it just ended up being the right fit. And I, I second everything Maddie said about, you know, you look at the match list and people are able to do incredible things out of this medical school. Um, so I didn't really have any concerns about getting to where I wanted to go out of here. All right. Well, let's talk about where you're headed. All right. So um, when you started medical school, did you have an idea that you would choose the fields you ended up choosing? And just <laughs> help, help, help people understand how you came to the decision. Because, again, for people who have not were in the process of applying or maybe in the middle of medical school, it's very mysterious. Like, how do doctors choose their fields? So yeah. what, what, what are your journeys? Yeah, so for me, I came into medical school and I... <laughs> I just like laughing because what he wanted to do was like so not right for him. And I think he feels the same way about me. Yeah, what did you start with? Yes, for some reason, I had it in my head that I was going to be a pediatric oncologist. Okay. That I was going to treat kid cancer and that that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I still don't even remember. You want remember. to be a chick magnet. <laughs> like, curing little kids with cancer. Just like... I, I don't know if pediatric oncologists have higher rates of... I'm sure. ...attracting members of the opposite sex. We can do a yeah, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be my, yeah. my residency <laughs> study project. Do a okay. double-blind person. Anyways. All right. Sorry, All right. Um, yeah, so I was so sure that that was what I wanted to do. And then I, you know, I did the preclinical stuff, and... You know, the cancer science just didn't really excite me the way that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And then I hit clinical rotations, and uh, PEDS was not a good fit. Uh, <laughs> what happened? You know... I mean, what was your experience? I mean, was this a rotation on pediatric oncology or just pediatrics in general? Just pediatrics you can even make it general. to oncology. Okay. Just, like, <laughs> mixed it at the kids' level. Yeah, <laughs> stopped right there. Uh, yeah, you know, they say that when, especially when you hit your third year of medical school, is when you start to get a feel for the different tribes of medicine where, you know, a lot of the stereotypes you hear about the specialties, they came from somewhere. And it's because a lot of these specialties attract certain personality types. And most people, I think, pick their specialty, you know, they have to like the science, they have to like the day-to-day, but more than anything, they have to like the people and they have to find, quote-unquote, your people. Mm -hmm. And Pete's just wasn't my people. I just felt like I wasn't connecting with them the way I wanted to and I wasn't you know, connecting with my colleagues the way that I wanted to. And so I kind of had a crisis and I wasn't sure what to do. I thought I was going to be a surgeon during surgery. I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon for a week. Um, And I ended up settling on anesthesiology. (laughs) Settling? (laughs) Settling because it's the best field. Okay. And I fell in love with it. The people were great. It was a perfect fit for my personality type. It was all the science I wanted in a field. It was all the procedures I wanted in a field. I for sure was not settling, but that was that was the specialty that I found was best for me. Were you able to do a rotation in anesthesiology during third year, or did you have to wait till the beginning of fourth year, or how did that work out? Or just during surgery, were you just kind of more focused on what was going on near the head? OB first. Yeah, I found it during OB. I remember peeking around the curtain and being like, "That guy. I wonder what you know what that guy or gal is doing." Yeah, Yeah. the guy pulling out the baby. (laughs) Yeah, they're having fun back there. Um, And then I kind of paid attention to them during surgery. And then at the end of third year, when I thought that anesthesiology might be a good fit for me, I did the rotation here, and it was kind of like a confirmatory. So you found your tribe. I did find my tribe. Really positive experience. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's great. Cool. Madison. Yeah. Oh, I was all over the place. Holy cow. 
Um, I wrote my like med school admissions essay, and this is something that all my college friends still give me like major crap for because they all read it about like wanting to be a primary care doctor in like a small town, which is hilarious because I don't want to do primary care, and I literally being in a tiny town gives me so much anxiety. I don't know where I came up with this idea. Um, so then I worked for orthopedics, an orthopedic surgeon for a year during my gap year, and I thought surgery is really cool. Um, orthopedics is really cool. You know, they're dealing with these, you know, healthy patients for the most part. It's pretty happy medicine. So I came into med school thinking maybe I want to do that. Um, I did a summer of orthopedic surgery research at Hospital for Special Surgery in New York um, and decided then that I I thought it was a really cool field, but I didn't necessarily want to be, um, you know, uh do the surgery part of it. So it was like standing in the OR yeah. for long periods of time? Or, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, it was um, It was kind of like at that level of orthopedic surgery, you're so specialized that mm. you're not even, like, it's not even that you just take care of, like, all joints. It's like you only take care of knees or you only take care of hands or you only take care of shoulders. Um, and I wanted to be more of a generalist. Um, and so then I was like, maybe general surgery would be a good fix. You get to do, you know... Couple, you get to be a little bit more wider in your scope of kind of what you're dealing with um, in the body. Um, and I went into third year. I mean, no, no one will tell you being like gung ho about surgery. I had found awesome surgical mentors here at Utah. Um, shout out to Dr. Fenton um, and Dr. Panucci in mm-hmm. plastics, um, and they were they were incredible. Um, and I got some really great research opportunities with them. Um, and actually hit my surgery rotation, and I realized that even though I liked the research of surgery and I liked the idea of it, I didn't was not happy in the OR. Mm. Um, I was not thriving. Um, I started to like try to avoid cases by like volunteering to do like busy work. Yeah, the floor work. Yeah, yeah. the floor work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a a great intern who I worked with who actually graduated from Utah as well. And I just saw how excited she was to go to the OR for, like, anything. Like, it didn't matter the time of the day or how tired she was. Is this Ryan? This is Ryan Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> Who also was a couple yeah, match. Yeah. Um, and I looked at her, and I was amazed by her. And I also realized that I wasn't like her, hmm. which is was a scary thing to, to realize. Um, but then the backstory to all this is that um, here at Utah, we have these um, groups called CMC groups. And it's this kind of tribe that you get your first year um, and these are the, they're all led by a physician, um, Dr. Chan leads one, um, and my CMC leader, um, who kind of teaches you about like how to do physical exams and things like that was an ER doctor, um, named Jerry Doyle. And he and I, um, always got along really well and, you know, he loves it when students like shadow him and come in. Yeah. yeah he's just like so welcoming. Yeah. And so I think, little known to me, I was kind of being indoctrinated with, like, emergency medicine from day one in medical school. I just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after I did surgery, I sat down with Dr. Doyle at the hospital Starbucks at the U, and I had a list. I listed, and this is what I would do if people have questions about, like, what to do, what specialty they're going to choose is. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I wrote everything I hate, 
about medicine in general. Like, these are the activities I don't like. You know, I don't like rounding. I don't like clinic. I don't like, like, all of these things. And then on the other side, I wrote what I love. You know, I love dealing, I love taking care of, you know, marginalized populations. I love doing a gajillion things at once. I like procedures. Um, I love being part of a team. Um, I don't like the OR. You know, I found that out. And I sat down and I just read this to him. And I, and I, and he was like, yeah, that was me. Um, when I was a third year. Um, and so I just started shadowing more and more in the ER. Um, met Megan Fix, who's been an incredible, oh, yeah. me- incredible mentor to me as well, as well as Katie Wells, who's now a PGY3 here. Um, I can't say enough about enough good things about the ER mentorship here. Um, it's a very strong program. Yeah, yeah. it's an amazing program, um, amazing residents, and I never looked back. I was like, this is home. 100%. Emergency medicine, yeah. Emergency medicine, all in. All right. Um, yeah. So we got emergency medicine and anesthesiology. When did on your radar you start thinking about the couples match? When did that kind of start entering your consciousness? Before Third year. <laughs> before you were dating. Just kidding. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, I think as soon as we start a date, you know, if you start a relationship in medical school with someone else who's in medicine, I think you can't help but your first thoughts. Because everyone in medical school is like a planner, right? You're mm-hmm. like plan years in advance for stuff. But. Yeah. So I think as soon as we realized that this was something serious, which was not super long after we started dating, uh, it we started thinking about it as far as logistically when we started, you know, really thinking about how this is going to work and, you know, how are we going to do this? I would say probably third year is when Mm -hmm. things started to get really real as far as like if you do this and I do this what is that going to look like even before we had officially settled on what we're doing like the week that I wanted to do orthopedics we were like would you be okay coming with me wherever I match or when Maddie wanted to do plastics is like would I be okay going wherever she wants to go because those are two super Mm -hmm. super competitive specialties so you start kind of thinking about what that would look like and if it's okay and there were also like major logistics that we chose to do differently from other couples in our class I know mm-hmm. um, so Noah and I re- knew that we were both pretty competitive people with ourselves and with other people and so we made the decision not to share our step scores with each other oh wow yeah so which like that's a big deal right <laughs> so the entire time you've been together you don't know how each other did nope I think yeah I think that we could like guess a range just based on the yeah. conversations we've had, but I have no idea. What yeah, I, number is. I remember my classmates. Some, and it, it was not just step scores; it was just grades overall. Some mm-hmm. were just, I would say, oversharers. You just knew exactly yeah. what they do. And we never and, wanted yeah, yeah. to be mm-hmm. those people. Um, I know from Noah's past relationship, like they were both pre med, and it was a little competitive mm-hmm. between them. We wanted to stay out of that, um, and we wanted to be like only supportive. Like we would still study together and all that jazz, but. Um, like, it was, we just never wanted to open our match day envelope and have the feeling of, like, well, if Maddie only would have scored five points higher. If she only stuttered, studied for five more hours. Yeah, yeah. Like which isn't even true. I know. Oh, but it's yeah. just, like, you so, never want to have those, like, lingering questions mm-hmm. in your brain. So we sat down with Dr. Stevenson here, um, and we wrote them on a little sheet of paper and, like, slid it across the table to him. Wow. Um, it was, like, poker. He kind of put... Yeah, and he, he literally, like, lifted them up, and he was just like, we're good. Okay. You guys are okay. okay. So, like, we knew... And we applied very broadly, too. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And then... Well, things, before before we get yeah. to that, so creating your fourth-year schedule, what did... Did you do away rotations together? Or... Like, walk us through that. 
Yeah, so it was a little different for both of us. Maddie, because she decided to do emergency, she's required to do a couple of away rotations. So we knew right off the bat that no matter what, she was going to have to go and do them. And so we kind of thought, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to kind of get our foot in the door in some of the bigger cities that we were hoping to maybe match in. Which is like the other thing, compared to like some of... A lot of classmates, we really didn't want to stay in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't apply anywhere around here. We didn't apply most Western states. We were really focused on California and the East Coast okay. and a couple dots in between. Did but you get an interview here? We, yeah, okay. we applied right. here. Oh, okay. um, everything, but we were, and we were pretty upfront with our departments okay. too about um, wanting to. I think it's always a good move way. to interview with your home institution. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's a slap in the face if, yeah. if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're. Obviously, the people who, who help you find your, yeah. your specialty. So, um, but we also um, kind of applied and did our away rotations. I did one in New York City and one in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and Noah also did one in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was actually just kind of by luck. I got my, I think it was my third choice of date range for my away rotation in Los Angeles, and Maddie got maybe her second choice. I don't think it was her first choice, but either way, just. As a fluke, they ended up overlapping perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to actually go out to Los Angeles together and do our OA rotations together and survived a real estate scam and a totaled car. And <laughs> it was a low point. Real estate scam. Did you have like an Airbnb disaster? Or? Well, I'm no, gonna we can put talk this, about this. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to put this all on myself because <laughs> okay. it was 100% my fault. It was That's a situation okay. where it was like a Craigslist thing. Ooh. <laughs> well, I didn't think your generation used Craigslist anymore. Oh, no. Well, I, we've had good luck. I found my housing for New York via Craigslist. Oh, okay. And we've done it in the past when we did research. Yeah, and when we've I went really to... really good luck. Okay. I went, to, this time. Okay. I went to L.A. during the summer between first and second year to do research, and I did it exactly the same. It all worked out great, so I, it was going the same way this time. And it turned into a thing where we were leaving to drive out there, and I had been trying to contact this guy. Just like, hey, we're going out there. Just wanted to make sure you're going to be Driving there. Driving 11 hours. Radio <laughs> silence the day before we were leaving. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. what can we do now? And we stopped over in Vegas overnight. And we woke up the next morning, the day we were supposed to meet him and move in. And he goes, I was waiting for you all day yesterday. And it's now going to cost you $700 more and you can't move in for another week. And I just remember looking at Maddie and just being like, rut row. <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah. we got to the apartment complex. We showed this guy's picture around. No one had ever seen him before. Like, Who the heck is that? <laughs> and so we... And then you have these Utah license plates. Like, yeah. Oh, people think like, you're like these oh, little country bumpkins. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, For you sure. poor naive. I'm like, I'm like literally scheduled to start the next day in the ER. <laughs> and we're homeless in Los Angeles. Well, you had a car. We could. <laughs> We had two cars at this point. Okay. We booked um, a few days at the Gardenia Terrace Inn. Okay. Hashtag don't stay there. <laughs> I like went on this app on my phone. It's like hotels tonight. And it's actually a great thing. Like mm-hmm. you should definitely download it for interview season. But I found like the cheapest one closest to the hospital, the county hospital I was working at. Um, and it was like 70 bucks a night. I was like, okay, that's like mostly in the budget. Um, it was really bad. Is this big county? Uh, this is LA Harbor. Cam- okay, is Harbor. Harbor. Okay, Harbor. Cam- um, okay. and Noah didn't sleep, but he Noah slept with like this like hunting knife below <laughs> under his pillow. My inner Idaho and came out. Yeah, um, it was really not great, okay. and I just like walked, you know, got up in the morning, put on my scrubs, and went to went to work. I will say, we there for three nights. To our credit, despite all of this. 
We were never really at each other's throats. No. We like got frustrated with the situation, but I don't think we ever took it out on each other. And That's you know, to this day, every once in a while, Maddie will be like, "Hey, no, it'd be really nice to have that thousand dollars back." <laughs> <laughs> but I'll I'll pay her back for it eventually. So you sent this individual that you never saw again a thousand dollars, or okay, oh, yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> that's kind of the point of contention. Okay, up front, which. It's a bad choice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I won't dwell on that because both of your faces are <laughs> yep, sad. sad. All right. Okay. So sounds like, you know, and I've gathered this from talking to other people who went through the couples match. You targeted large cities with multiple programs. So just in case one of you matched in one program, there'd be a, maybe a neighboring yeah. institution. Which so was you, like, given what we're looking for, um, if anyone's you know, familiar with emergency medicine. Emergency medicine's a little different than other specialties in that you have, you know, all specialties have community, county, and academic programs. Um, and those are three different flavors of kind of style. The interesting thing about EM is that you have hybrid programs that are county and academic, which is kind of what I was interested in. Um, and then you also have really, really amazing just straight county or straight academic or straight um, community programs. Um, and so places that might not be, quote, as undesirable for specialties like anesthesia are actually really awesome training experiences for emergency medicine, just given that you want to be in a place that has a lot of acuity. A lot of diversity and, lot of and diversity. patient conditions, illnesses, yeah, trauma, like experience. Yeah, socioeconomic yeah. status, like mm-hmm. all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you also want to be in a place where you don't necessarily have tons of other services, like trying to... Necessarily, I don't want to say hone in because they're always valuable and you can always learn a lot from them, but that you are able to kind of like direct your own learning when opportunities arise in the ER for that learning. Um, and so, yeah, so basically getting back to the point of we were looking for places with multiple programs that would be both beneficial to both of what we were looking for in a, in a um, residency program, which was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot to add, but it was kind of interesting when we were trying to build our list of places to apply to an interview at because the programs that for anesthesia are maybe less desirable or ones that, you know, are not super competitive are the ones that Maddie was super excited to get back on. <laughs> and then a lot of times kind of like the, you know, the bigger like powerhouse academic programs that tend, not always, but tend to be stronger for anesthesiology where the programs that oftentimes don't have a great emergency reputation. It hmm, interesting. But, yeah, so we were looking at kind of like opposite things, but in a lot of ways that was nice because it gave us a lot of permutations mm-hmm. of programs within bigger cities. Would you only interview at a program where the other person was also in an interview, or did you just kind of just, if you got an interview in New York or Philadelphia or Boston, you just immediately interview there? Or I, I mean, what was yeah. your strategy? So it kind of gets into the, playing the game of the couples match, and you know, you kind of have to play the game for residency application in general, mm-hmm. but especially in the couples match, it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. So whenever one of us would get an interview offer at an institution, they would immediately send an email to the department saying, you know, my partner is Noah and he's applying in anesthesiology. He hasn't heard back yet. And he loves your program. Yeah. Yeah. Most important part. Um, Emoji, smiley face. Exactly. (laughs) And then there are also some times where we would just, you know, the other person would send out an email to all the programs within the city that they had applied to that the other person had been offered an interview saying, my partner is interviewing in the city. 
I haven't heard back from you and mm. I'm interested. Just really any concrete excuse to reach out to program yeah. directors and say, I'm interested in your program. Do you feel that was successful? I mean, did, did the programmers oh, respond yeah. to that? We Hugely successful. Okay. So you I can feel- only think of a couple ones where it didn't work. Like 80 to 90% of the time, we it was successful. It was successful so there was definitely, it. you feel, communication between the anesthesiology department and the ER department. Yeah, about what I think was it was on. happening okay. for sure. And I also think that those two departments are departments that play really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, EM residents across the country rotate on anesthesia for mm-hmm. airways, and anesthesia rotates in emergency, the emergency room, at least for a couple months during residency. So they're in contact. Um, and I think that was really helpful. The other thing that was good was to play up any and all connection to the area, to the school, to anything. You know, Noah and I were both successful in getting interviews at our alma maters um, and getting each other interviews at our alma maters, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have family in the Met Midwest. I really tried to play that up to, like, help get interviews in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Noah has a long lost long lost relatives in New York city. He played that up mm-hmm. to, you know, so just anything that you can say to say, yes, I'm from, I'm coming from university of Utah. It's a little bit of a like, you know, medical medically isolated area that we're the only game in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, please, please, please look at me. Like I'm willing to move to these, yeah, coast. move yeah. to the East coast, move to the West coast, do wherever. Mm-hmm. So awesome. So leading up to your match lists, was it, a negotiation between the two of you, or did both of you just kind of know independently, kind of came to the same conclusion, or how did that work? So I think what we ended up doing is we both built our own independent rank lists as we were going on interviews, but we were talking to each other all along the way. Mm-hmm. Like after and, every interview, we yeah. each other. So it wasn't like a big secret, but we were still trying to rank them semi-independently. And then when all was said and done, maybe not when it was all done, but towards the end of interview season... We started to kind of sit down and get an idea of what our picture would look like as far as our rank lists. And I think that our main goal was to find, you know, a few programs that we both liked enough that they could be our top programs. And we kind of addressed those first. And we said we would both be happy at these. These are both strong training programs for us. And then we kind of worked our way down to ones where we had to make some compromises where either I liked a program and it just wasn't a good fit for Maddie or vice versa mm-hmm. and tried our really tried hard to make it as fair as we could where if we did one that was unfair to me we did another that was unfair to Maddie and just you know just built our rank list in a way that felt fair so that not one person was getting everything they wanted and the other person not getting anything they wanted yeah awesome all right so you submitted your match lists what was it like between that day and then match day? Because that's a month, right? Yeah. Um, what were you going through? What were you thinking? I started on the ICU. So second was, second like, pretty, thoughts or? Yeah. I don't know. I think if I was kept like really busy. So I think that definitely, definitely helped. Um, we kept it a secret from everyone what like our official ranking was, which is really hard because I tell my mom everything. Um, <laughs> and she was actually really mad. <laughs> Hello, Madison's mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also fun. We also made, um, so on the interview trail, I knew that this was probably the most we'd ever be traveling in such a short amount of time, probably in our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Noah and I, like, we took these little, like, felt letter boards around with us to every single, they're, like, just really small, like a placard size, to every interview, and we made a different sign for that, like, location, and then we had my friend... 
um, who works at BuzzFeed Video, she, like, turned it into, like, a, like, um, like a YouTube video that was, like, 15 minutes long. Awesome. So that was really fun mm-hmm. to, like, kind of just build up the excitement and, like, remember. We, like, both sat down and watched it when she sent it to us, and we were like, I can't believe we, like, made it. We're like, BuzzFeed celebrities. Oh, not quite. <laughs> but, well, can like, we can we publish that? Can we do a link? Yeah, oh, sure. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, well, I'll get that um, afterwards, yeah. Right. But, yeah, we were just, like, we, like, watching it, I was just like, I can't believe that we did that many interviews. I did 20 interviews. 20, wow. Um, no, I did 25, 26. Yeah, 25. 25. That's a lot. That yeah. was a, it was a lot. How much did you budget? I mean, what does that look like? <laughs> Um, with or without the the LA money we lost. <laughs> um, so using Craigslist or not using Craigslist? Yeah, so yeah. I did take. I took out the Sally May does residency relocation loans, and okay. because we were doing double the interviews, we probably took out double what our single mm-hmm. application classmates took out. So I took out ten grand okay. to pay, and that's probably. I don't think I could have done it cheaper. I really don't. I sur- I surfed on so many couches and you know, ate so many like turkey cheese roll-ups. Like, I don't know if I could have done it much less expensive. Yeah, mine was about the same. Um, As we were kind of going through the process of after the match lists were submitted and we were just kind of looking back on everything that happened, we were like, man, where did all of that money go? Oh my gosh, this was a good story. And it goes to flights, which like, you know, people would guess that flights are just expensive. But when we added up between the two of us, Lyft and Uber, we took 298 ride shares. No, 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 198. Wasn't it 200? No, 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 it was 198. Okay, 198. Yeah, that's still a lot. 198? Like, that's insane. And we're like, oh, well, that's where all our money went. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, at the time, we're like, oh, like, it's really cheap. It's only, like, $8 here, you know, $9 here. And then it adds up so fast. So, uh, aside from airfare... Uber and Lyft were and your, Lyft. Biz, your biggest expense. Yeah, okay. you should, like, there's this credit card now, apparently, you can apply that gives you, like, 4% back on Uber and Lyft. Like, really? You should consider getting that for your interview season. <laughs> yeah. This well, is not a sponsored post, but yeah. Well, I'll talk to the deeds office. All right, yeah. so um, match day. Uh, well, the night before match. Slept oh. like a baby, nervous. I slept great. Yeah, I think we actually both slept. Um, yeah, we slept fine. I... No, it was our class, one of our class presidents, so he was, like, really busy with the actual, like, logistics stuff of setting mm-hmm. up for match day. Which was really nice. It also kept me distracted. I had to get there really early and just set things up and, you yeah. know, do the decorations and stuff, which really helped just kind of yeah. dampen the anxiety I think Monday was actually a bigger deal for us because, so anesthesia does, you can either do a one plus three program mm-hmm. where, like, you might be separated for your intern year or you can do a all-inclusive four-year program and so we had three and four year programs ranked. So there was a small possibility that he would either be like, you know, separated for our first year in a different area, or he would not match for that first year. Um, so Monday we found out that he was fully matched. So, we so that him. gave you a hint of what? Or um, no, it was, no, it didn't. Okay, it, it, yeah, right. but it meant that like he didn't have to scramble somewhere. Okay, for, all right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Monday was probably the most anxiety-provoking because I had this nightmare that I'd have to scramble for my preliminary year position or whatever. And so once we knew that we had both fully matched, we knew that it was super unlikely that we had gone really far down our list. And we knew that, um, you know, that... Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. That's okay. We knew that we knew that we You'd had be both together. fully matched. You wouldn't be yeah. separate. We wouldn't be yeah. separate for yeah. probably more than a year. Yeah, was what we knew from that. So when they're saying when you're saying match day, you, you see the envelopes on the table. Mm-hmm. No 
No temptation. Because isn't there someone guarding them? Yeah. Uh, they, they you were there early be. enough, though. I was, yeah. yeah. I had to watch them, like, put them in each of the individual yeah, things. You know, alphabetical, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely nerve-wracking, but, I don't know, I didn't really want to get tackled by student affairs. <laughs> Personnel. <laughs> yeah. Personnel, and get taken out on match day, spend it in the hospital, find out later where I matched. So, your families are both there? Yeah, it was actually the first meeting of the parents. Really? Yes. As if the anxiety wasn't high enough. <laughs> I mean, did you do like a dinner the night before? or uh, The night after match day we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So the parents met for the first time. Yeah. They did, yeah. And everything went well. Everyone got along great. And yeah, and then my little sister really... was there, and then Noah's best friend was there. Yeah. All right, so they, they cut the, they have all those little speeches. They're kind of delaying it, delaying it. They cut the little red ribbon. Was there a red ribbon this year? I couldn't tell. It was near the back. I think so. Okay. They cut the red ribbon. You go up there and get your envelopes. What happens next? I refuse to open my envelope. Oh, my gosh. She was driving me crazy. (laughs) And I got it. And I was like, there's actually, I didn't know this, but someone was filming it, unbeknownst to me, and then, like, put it on the University of Utah, like, total Instagram page. And there's just me doing this, like, like, nervous, like, dance like I have to pee being like I can't open it I can't open it <laughs> it took Maddie like three minutes to open her envelope I was going also nuts. some really mean person commented has she ever opened an envelope before and was that was the same question <laughs> <laughs> was that was, person Noah <laughs> no it wasn't it okay. was some other meanie alright alright so did you open your envelope before Madison. So is that, is, <laughs> he did. Okay, so it was not a sol- simultaneous event. Yeah, thank God you're a match with an anesthesiologist where you have to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I eventually opened it, and we did look at it at the same time. Okay. But it just took me a little extra time. <laughs> yeah. So where are you going, and how does it feel? We both matched at the same hospital. Woo! In the best city in the entire world. We're going to NYU in Manhattan. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So you... That, I assume, that was near the top? Yeah, Absolutely. we were. It has been on my bucket list my entire life to live in New York City. New York City, yes. Awesome. Ah. And NYU was actually my very first anesthesia interview of the entire season. And I went there, and I absolutely loved it. I remember I called Maddie after, and I said, I love everything about it. This is exactly what I want. Yeah, let's talk about why did you like NYU? What attracted you to their program? It was the people. You okay. know, it all comes down to the people. You know, obviously, it's incredible uh, medical institution with a great reputation and even within the anesthesiology world NYU has a great reputation as well Uh, but for me it came down to the people you know I think I didn't appreciate it as much until I got further into the interview season but you can tell so much about a program by how many residents you see in the hallways who are smiling Mm -hmm. and so as I went on I started to keep like a mental tally of how many residents I saw smiling during my interview day because it's a really good indication of you know, when people aren't really focused and kind of, you know, in the intense part of their work day, are they happy? Like, do they like being around the people that they're mm-hmm. around? And I, I'm pretty sure I told Maddie this on the phone after I left NYU. I was like, everyone I saw was smiling. Everyone was happy. You know, well, people just seemed like they had a great quality of life. The attending resident relationship was, you said, yeah. I remember you telling me, was a really good one there. Yeah, the program leadership could not have been warmer. My interviews were very warm. It was very casual, and they wanted to get to know me. I was... Which we were, unex- you know, New York, you know, you think yeah. of it's, it's more fast-paced, of course, but it's also, you know, East Coasters are a little different. 
Um, I also had these kind of talking points locked and loaded where I would have to convince them about why I would be willing to go to New York, and I was ready to kind of sell that to them. And I never really had to. Everyone was very open to it, and they said this is a great time to try something new and exciting. Yeah. And it was just a great, you know, I feel like my entire interview process, I was always comparing programs back to NYU. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And Madison, why did you like NYU? Oh my gosh! Um, and is it a three or four year program? It's I know a four year program. ER is kind of weird. Yeah, in so, so far that it's like the only it's the only field I know that there's not really agreements. Yes, oh. <laughs> and that really comes down to how much elective um, mm-hmm. time do you get. So NYU is a four year program, which I actually wanted a four year because Noah's program would be four regardless. Um, so NYU Bellevue, what drew me to it was the history. Um, I'm someone who has always believed that places hold. Meaning, that's why I picked the college I did, um, and the history of Bellevue Hospital. I mean, it's the oldest public hospital in the United States. You know, um, there's actually a book that I was recently published that I read about it, like before I matched or anything. But um, the history of Bellevue taking care of the most marginalized members of society in the most diverse city um, is just incredible. You know, I mean, they were on the forefront of the AIDS crisis. Um, they took care of immigrants. Um, you know, all the way to uh, when Hurricane Sandy hit, you know, they were, house staff was, you know, carrying patients down in stretchers, you know, to evacuate them. Um, so it's just, I think um, I'm just so honored to now hopefully be starting my journey as an MD at such a like storied hospital mm-hmm. um, that everyone is so proud of the mission and kind of its the history and the legacy. Yeah. yeah um, and so it's, when I was talking about like the program before, like the academic and county hybrids. So at NYU, you get Bellevue, which is a true county program, but you also get Tisch, which is a private NYU hospital. Um, and so that's, you get two very different populations there. You know, Tisch gets more of the, you know, very complicated transplant cancer patients. And in Bellevue, you get more of your bread and butter emergency medicine. Trauma. Trauma. Yeah, yeah it's the only level one trauma center in you know, lower Manhattan. Um, I interviewed actually the day after the New York City subway bombing. Oh, wow. Um, and we toured the ICU and there were people marching through the ICU with assault rifles mm-hmm. because those that the person who committed it as well as the victims, went to Bellevue. So it's like, it's a crazy exciting place to be. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's where the Ebola victim, or not the victim, the Ebola patient went. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited for what's coming, you know? It's going to be a cool place to train. Um, And Noah... No, we'll get to be there too. We'll actually get to rotate on each other's services because we'll be at the same hospital. So that's fantastic. Yeah, let the battle of the airways begin. <laughs> I think we know this going to end. Battle of the airways. <laughs> Who can intubate the best? Yes, right. <laughs> we intubate in the worser conditions. I no, feel like. Okay. Well, <laughs> you, you do it more though. <laughs> yeah, tale as old as time. Anesthesiology versus ER yeah, when it comes right. to. We'll see. But yeah, and yeah. I still have a lot of friends there, which will be. Which will be really fun to mm-hmm. get to reconnect with them. My dad actually grew up in New York, and mm-hmm. he lived in New York for a long time. And even though he might not admit it, I think that somewhere deep down inside him, there's still that inner New Yorker that's <laughs> transplanted in Idaho who's, you know, a little bit proud to have someone temporarily going back to the yeah. big city. Well, that's fantastic. So many bagels. <laughs> I'm so excited. Great no, restaurants. That's what I tell people. Like, you know, I, I've never lived in New York. I've visited New York a, a few times. I used to live on the East Coast. Yeah. I lived in Washington, D.C. Um, 
I remember, like, the thing about New York State that I love, if you want sushi on top of pizza oh, yeah. at 2 in the morning, you <laughs> yeah. can find some place like that. I mean, it's like, it, the, literally, the city never sleeps. Yeah. And there's just so much so fun. fun stuff to and do. If you're in a specialty yeah. that's 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. what better place to be than a city that never shuts down? So It's fantastic. Well, I'm so excited for both of you. We have graduation coming up in a few short weeks, and then you're off. For your medical training, I mean, oh I can't believe you're going you're to be full-fledged MDs and practicing medicine. I know they sent yeah. the, like, the offer letter. We have to have, like, the letter that says, like, yes, you are going to be a resident physician. This is your salary in order to, like, show that to, like, land landlords to qualify for, you know, um, housing. And, like, they sent me my letter and it said Madison Hunt MD. And I was like, who's that person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, like, so official over, looking. Yes. I'm, like, me looking over my shoulder for the next four years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take before we actually feel like we've earned that MD Never. title. But so I think it's not going to be soon. Well, I'm excited for you guys. I'm so well, glad. So I'm so glad you came here to Utah. I'm so glad you guys found each other, and <laughs> I'm glad you found a field that you're passionate about. It's very obvious, and you're, I'm I'm just excited for your future patients because you guys are going to be great doctors. Thank oh, you. thank you, Doctor nice Chan. All right. Well, we'll talk later. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.